everybody. This is a podcast where real medical professionals discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you were at Shaka when the walls fell, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You may remember me from such podcasts as, oh boy, a Quantum Leap podcast. Ha ha! Got it. Nope. Uh, this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. Yep. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hi Everybody MD. And on the World Wide Web at www.hieverybodymd.com. You can also call us at 530-DOCTORB. What's the B stand for this week? Oh, um... A really bad cough, I guess? I was gonna go with B-list celebrities like Clay Aiken. Yeah, there were some B-list celebrities in this episode that we're yeah. doing today. Uh, what are we talking about this week, Dr. So, Jackson Vane? So we're finally doing Scrubs this week. Yes. And I think we picked a very good episode considering all the stuff that's going on in the world today. So it's an episode called My Life in Four Cameras. Right. Um, so it's season four, episode 17, if you want to watch this one. And basically how it's set up is... Everyone, you know, they, I think the couples are having their own little thing. One girl leaves and then JD sits down, watches TV and just hears on the news, hey, there's 27 cases of E. coli recently. So if you're a big meat eater, be careful. Mm -hmm. And usually that's when shenanigans happens for all of us in the hospital. And even they admit that when the media reports something, everyone thinks they have it. Yeah. And in classic Scrubs form, the rush on the hospital starts like Jurassic Park yeah. with the water shaking yeah. and ends with JD crowd surfing his way out the Sacred Heart I doors. Mean, Elliot did break the cardinal rule of an emergency department or hospital. It's like, oh, it's not that bad right yeah, now. It's quiet, a little yeah, too quiet. quiet. Yeah, it's okay. And the minute you say that, and I know it's superstitious and there's no scientific backing, but we're always taught never say it's slow. Never say it's quiet, because the minute you say that, the floodgates open and it's hell. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what happened, is just shenanigans ensues. Everyone just bum rushes the hospital, fills up the parking lot, fills up the walkway up to there, and everyone just sits in the hospital lobby. There's no ER lobby, which is the one thing I noticed about Sacred Heart. There is no ER. They they just seem to have kind of like uh, I I was watching Emergence mm -hmm. recently, and one of the main characters is a doctor, um, and they have the general hospital hospital yeah. where you go to the hospital and you see by you're seen by the doctor who is cast on the and, show. And there are ERs out there that are not manned by emergency doctors or. Um, or even pediatric emergency doctors, where it could be manned by a family medicine doctor, and it's a small hospital mm -hmm. in a tiny city. I know when I was a medical student, I would rotate through one hospital, worked in the ER, and it was just one family medicine doctor manning the entire ER itself. But Sacred Heart is in Los Angeles. Yes. It Los is. Angeles, to my knowledge, and um, I'm not a statistician, mm -hmm. But my understanding is that there are many people in Los Angeles, and they yeah. have multiple hospitals. I mean, they have, like, what, three or four children's hospitals, like, mm -hmm. in a 15-mile radius or something ridiculous like that, too, if I if I remember correctly. There could be more. I just forgot. But, yeah, it's just crazy how everyone just rushes there, and 
just they're the doctors that do everything. Now, Scrubs is supposed to be set in Los Angeles, right? They they Un- don't unclear. I I feel like they never mention it. Yeah. They never mention where it's set. It could be Middle America or something like that, but they never make it sound like it's LA. Because if it was LA, they'd be having more actors or whatever show up to. Their I don't know why I always thought it was specifically Los Angeles. Because you knew it was filmed. Because in Los I knew Angeles. it was filmed in Los yeah. Angeles. Uh, and this episode in front of a live studio audience. Correct. And I think the reason why we picked this episode is I think, or when this episode comes out, I'm sure America and the world are still in the throngs of coronavirus shenanigans, yeah. and that has been a nightmare. Yeah. And How much can you talk about that? I mean, I can. I will say this: like the hysteria about coronavirus is really out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that don't know what coronavirus is, or, or you're listening to this in, in 2022, correct. So um, coronavirus. So this is a special type of coronavirus. So coronavirus itself causes a common cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of like the most common types of corona, uh, common cold. The reason why they call it a coronavirus is if you look at the virus, it looks like a crown. Okay. Crown corona. Or beer, I guess. If you yeah. Think of it that way, but um, this special one is—it's coded 2019 NCOV, right? So 2019 novel coronavirus, and it's—it's it's theorized that it came from animals first, and then it made the jump from animals to people. And this virus in itself is very, very contagious, and mm-hmm. that's why everyone's freaking out about it—is how fast it's spreading, not so much how fast it's killing people at least at this point in time when we're doing this podcast, but just how rapidly it moves from person to person. Um, there's if you're also... a survivor of coronavirus listening to this in 2022 from your bunker, uh-huh. uh, please give us a call at, at 1530-DOCTOR. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. But the everyone freaks out because when we do tests for coronavirus, or um, in general viruses, like if I you came to my ER, mm-hmm. you've been sick for like six days, uh, sometimes I might do a swab in your nose just to see what kind of virus you have, um, be it flu A, flu B, RSV, and then it goes through this whole breakdown of many, like 15 or 20 different viruses. At least this is my hospital. One of the viruses we test for is coronavirus. But, but that's not, because it's the cold. It's the cold. But it's not this new 2019 virus. So we'll get a lot of families coming in saying, hey, I watched on the news. I have these symptoms I have coronavirus. And the symptoms that you're supposed to be looking out for are, what do you think? Uh, runny nose, fever, and coughing a lot. Yeah, and sometimes shortness of breath. Welcome to winter. Yeah. Everyone has that. And the thing is, the scarier thing is not coronavirus. It's the flu. Mm-hmm. The flu is the flu's deadly. The flu is deadly. And both are deadly in their own ways. Like, both can cause you to have respiratory failure. The concern about... Um, Coronaviruses, it can cause you to get like a SARS-like illness, so like a mm-hmm. severe acute respiratory um, syndrome, where you can have lung failure and then potentially need something called ECMO, which we've talked about before, right. um, to kind of keep you alive. Um, it can also act kind of like um, just like MERS, which is a Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome, which also has similar. Profile. I didn't know that that's what that stood for. MERS. Yeah. yeah, I believe that's what it is. Oh, but MERS and MRSA are two different things. MRSA is, MRSA is the is methicillin the, is, is, resistant. Yeah, and that's the infection you would get in a hospital most Correct. likely. Yeah, well, to be fair, most of us have uh, MRSA, MRSA now. Out. Yeah, because back, the staff that it has on your skin, mm-hmm. as a lot of it's resistant to um, penicillin in general. But it's kind of nice to know what the symptoms you're looking for. Unfortunately, these symptoms are really vague. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Cox, going back to this episode... He kind of makes a joke going, 
it's not E. coli unless it's firing out of both ends. And he makes a very nice gesture with yeah. the two, which I'm not going to lie, I have done that gesture at work. Elliot later says that it is very, when she's, not everyone in the waiting room spoke English. Mm-hmm. And it's very embarrassing to try to mime diarrhea. It's very hard to... And that kind of brings up another point. Like, it's kind of weird sending your doctors out into the waiting room to triage people. That's something that I notice on Scrubs in particular, but television medicine as a whole. Yeah. Is you see one doctor from the beginning to the end of your experience and that's really rare yeah that like doctors change shifts um you know they some hospitalists will work for a week straight Mm -hmm. and then are off for a week but they might not be on your team every week you know it's a lot of change through doctors especially in an adult facility or a bigger hospital there's like eight or nine teams going at any time yeah the the patient in this episode who's uh, a writer from cheers Mm -hmm. goes from hey i'm in the I'm, I'm coming to the lobby of the ER hospital, um, what whatever Sacred Heart has, no. um, because of this E. coli scare, yeah. but then I'm diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah, it's weird, because kind of going back, though, he was in the lobby, JD recognizes who he is, and takes him to some room upstairs to do more tests, but mm-hmm. not really do more tests, more just to talk to him, and... As a person who has worked in a very busy emergency department and there's no rooms for me to see patients, sometimes they make me see patients in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to ask them, is it okay for me to examine you and ask your history in public? Because you might ask something that they don't want other people to hear. Right. Or... Like uh, the sexual history. Correct. Or you do something that I still regret doing to this day and then seeing patients in their car. Because then I'm just basically driving the point the home... Or driving home the point... Of drive-through medicine. Yeah, quite literally. Never doing that again. That was a, the one of the busier years in the emergency department. There was nowhere to see a patient, and the family did not want to get out of their car, so I saw them in their car. Wow. It was fine. They had a cold. Were there fries? No. I didn't have shakes. I could have brought them a popsicle, I guess. One family was like, where's our popsicle? I'm like, <laughs> here's what you need to do. Go inside, finish your registration, and leave. You don't need to be here. But that one was nuts. But this dude, um, going back to the writer guy, he just started coughing randomly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why Why do you need a chest x-ray? That was surprising. Yeah, he, just, he, he had a, a hacking cough. Yeah. And I don't get chest x-rays on everyone who has a hacking cough. Like, I'll be the first to admit it. I think the only thing that maybe makes me go, like, fine, I'll get one just so I can sleep easier is because he coughed for, quote-unquote, months. Mm -hmm. But then he didn't get a chest x-ray. He got a CT scan as well. (laughs) And it's... Chest x-ray is one thing, but when you go through the donut of truth, like, you know something's up. Like, as a patient, you would not... You have to consent to doing that. It's a very invasive procedure. It's a lot of radiation. You increase the risk of cancer, which... Haha, spoiler alert. Yeah, he gets it. Um... But they did all that stuff, and you would expect them to have more symptoms than just a cough for having mm-hmm. metastatic cancer. Um, as a person who would have metastatic cancer, he should have weight loss, right? And he definitely did yeah. not look like a gentleman he, he who did had not, weight he, loss. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he'd be complaining of other symptoms, too, like maybe chest pain. 
maybe coughing up blood, especially if you're looking at the CT scan he had. Mm-hmm. That's pushing on air cells, and those air cells are probably compromised, and any amount of pressure probably would pop a blood vessel, and he'd be coughing up a lot of blood in that point, too. He, he wouldn't have been asymptomatic and then died well, within 12 hours. Unsure if he was dead. True. He was in a bad shape. Because mm-hmm. um, after the fantasy and stuff like that, um, he drops and just allegedly goes apneic. But there's no monitors or anything on there. So the only way they would have caught him doing going apneic was someone was luckily there. So th- this episode is divided into the sitcom fantasy and the real reality and the quote real world yeah. of Scrubs. Yeah. Um, were there no there were there no monitors in the real world no. either? So if you remember, after they took the X-ray and the mm-hmm. CT scan, they put him in a room. He didn't have anything on him okay. at all. He was just in a quiet room. But okay. to be fair, none of the private rooms in Scrubs have monitors at all. If they were in the ICU area, which mm-hmm. it looks like he ended up in the ICU area later, they sometimes have monitors. But he was not on a single monitor during that whole time. Huh. He was also not that. on any fluids or anything like that. But. Elliot, for some reason, was there and realized that he went apneic. Mm-hmm. And he goes, call, wanted to call for anesthesia, but right when she said that, she put a bag right on his face to start helping him breathe, mm-hmm. which is the right step to do. It might have been easier for her to lie him flat to uh-huh. do it, cause, because if you think about it this way, if you're sitting up and trying to put something on someone's face while manipulating a bag at the same time, it's really hard. Yeah. If they're slippery or you're slippery... Um, you're not going to be able to hold it up and get a good seal. Yeah. It's easier to lie him down so that way you can push the mask or lift his face up into the mask. I shouldn't say push the mask into the face. That's bad mm-hmm. and poor form. But you can lift their face into the mask and actually do proper ventilation and then potentially go into CPR if you need to. But she also called for a tube to intubate him and all yeah. that stuff. And what I noticed in that mm-hmm. was that JD just walked away. Yeah. It's the old not my problem kind of thing. Yeah. Which is... I will say this. If you're not like into critical care and all that stuff, you might kind of take a step back, but you wouldn't walk away. Wouldn't leave the room, especially with there only being two people in the room other than the patient. Correct. It's always the do you need help situation. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big thing. And I've been guilty of walking by a code and they go, do you need help? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I jump in and do all this stuff. But it's also crazy that this is his quote unquote hero. Yeah. And he goes... And his patient. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're dead. Or it's like, my shift's over. I'm leaving. But Elliot and him started at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right? So technically, they both are either on shift at the same time, or Elliot is being a good person and staying after her shift. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to stay after your shift, even if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, Would... I'm guessing that Nika... E. coli scare would get this kind of rush in the same way you're probably seeing right now with think with about the this Wuhan. remember chipotle yep yeah so i was, I was, I was gonna go with the romaine lettuce uh, romaine lava, lettuce chipotle scare when that happened a lot of people came in and were like oh i ate chipotle I, my stomach hurts I'm like okay did you eat chipotle no and they'll be like yeah well, well there's your problem there's a problem like well i want antibiotics and the thing with e coli is there really isn't a treatment for it Unless, like, because you, unless it's like really bloody poop, mm-hmm. and then you have this special type of E. coli that causes a, a toxin to come out, and then it cause your kidneys to shut down. It's a really rare one, but even the management for that is, you know, fluid sometimes fluid restriction, monitoring your kidney functions, dialysis even. So no like, poop transplants. No poop transplants. It's yeah. not C. diff. Correct. 
But people will come in. If you heard something on the TV that's scary, you will come into the ER. But the crazier part is the flu still scary, but everyone ignores it mm-hmm. or says they get the sniffles and then they come in with like they're like panicking, thinking they have the flu and they're gonna die. I feel like, and maybe this is just me and my family or mm-hmm. some weird thing about Toledo, Ohio, or whatever. I always associated the the flu as being a gastrointestinal thing and not a so here's the thing respiratory thing so the flu is not just a respiratory thing or not just a gi thing it's both Mm -hmm. it basically hits your whole body as someone um in my fellowship described it he said it's like getting hit by a bus everything is affected you're gonna get a headache you're gonna get body aches you get fever cough runny nose you're gonna have vomiting diarrhea basically if that system can be affected, it's probably going to get affected. Like, you'll have some kids that have such bad muscle pain because their uh, muscles are breaking down a little bit and actually causing them to clog up their kidneys, and then they need to be admitted for hydration so wow. they can pee out all this stuff. They get, like, Coca-Cola-colored urine. Yep, I ruined Coke for people, and that's okay. Um, kind of going back to the CT scan and chest x-ray stuff... Um, with coronavirus, you actually get ground glass opacities, which can also be seen if you had you, you cancer. Get so it's like a finding on a ground glass opacity. So it looks like if you took glass and you ground it up, that's what okay. it kind of looks like on your chest x-ray. And that can actually be one of the signs of cancer, too. Oh, lovely. So I actually... This is with this with, with the Wuhan the, specific? The Wuhan cor- specific, yeah. Yeah. So like... Is it Wuhan or Wuhan? Okay. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. The Wu-Tang coronavirus. Yeah. Um, God, that's the quote for the episode, isn't it? <laughs> um, but th- this is why I don't read Facebook as much anymore. I'm trying to like just cold turkey it. Is now people are scaring other people in the comments section saying brown glass opacities on CT scan means that you have Wuhan virus, which causes lung cancer. So these are <laughs> minimally educated people to like medical stuff, scaring the crap out of very impressionable people. Like I don't like the term fake news. But this crap is fake news. Um, they just scared everybody and made them really, really panic that now there's a concern that Wuhan or Wuhan coronavirus is causing cancer. Right. Which is not true. Yeah. Do not quote me on that part. That's the title of the episode. What? Wuhan causes cancer. Don't you dare. <laughs> I don't want this podcast to be associated with that garbage. That would be like goop, goop level stuff, which I know we're gonna touch on goop at some point, and I'm gonna cry. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for. We we need a dedicated weekend where we don't like our livers to watch through goop. You mean we need a lot the of the goop po- lab? We need a lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasts. Um, um, scrubs, however, mm-hmm. uh, remarkably get throughable. Oh, I can. I I think I mentioned before we taped this episode. I can watch this all day, and I'll probably mm-hmm. fall into a scrubs hole. I might, I might also here. fall into a scrub hole. Yeah. I might be like texting back and forth about what episodes we're doing yeah. next. Because this is, uh, I mean, you ask any medical professional that watches a lot of TV or not even that much TV, and they will hands down tell you Scrubs is probably the most accurate of mm-hmm. all medical shows. It's very similar to what we go through, the hierarchy, the sarcasm of certain professionals, um, and just the collegiality of the people, like the relationship between nurses and doctors, like not romantic, but definitely you're all on a team like Mm -hmm. no one's belittled i think that's the big thing you notice is 
no one's really belittled except during rounds, I guess. Yeah. But no one's ever put down and told that they suck or anything like that. Like they except for by Kelso by by Kelso or Cox. Kelso and Cox. Both of them put down their residents equally. Mm-hmm. A lot. Which you know. Are you, all... are you the Cox of, of of your hospital? I don't know. No. I don't think I am, but I'm sure the people listening who love <laughs> might argue differently. But I don't believe I am. But who who knows? <laughs> would there so a, a the side plot of this episode mm-hmm. uh is uh clay aiken is working in the uh in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and kelso needs to fire needs to cut 30 grand from the budget and hands it off to cox yeah is that the sort of thing like how how much poetic license is taken there? That's a of, lot in general because the chief of medicine doesn't always is not the chief of the is not the correct. CEO of the hospital or CFO for that or matter. CFO. Yeah, they're not usually dealing with that stuff. You know, they're dealing with making sure that there's best practices in medicine, mm-hmm. making sure the hospital is running efficiently, um, med staff that needs to be there. You know, make, basically making sure the ship runs well medically, not mm-hmm. financially as much. At least. That's from my limited knowledge of what a CMO does, or the chief of medicine right. does. Because CMO is different from chief. That's the chief medical officer. Right. Then each division has their own chief, too. So he look, so on his he, thing, it says Department of Medicine, Internal Medicine, Chief of Medicine. Cox's? Um, Calso's. Calso. So he's only really the chief of his department. Right. He's not the chief of. How much hospital. external medicine is there, though? In, in dermatology in, well there was that joke in sacred heart there was i i will i think it was on the episode before this one when they were all quarantined it was like a dermatologist running around yelling dermatologist on call and freaking out and all that stuff so dermatology exists radiology definitely exists. radiology would not be under internal medicine no that's its own specialty and i remember the radiologist came in and got mad about using he threw a temper tantrum about his machine and i'll mm-hmm. never forget that one it's really really good but that's its own specialty as well. Department of Surgery. I, Turk, Turk later becomes the chief of surgery. Mm-hmm. So that's different department. See, I, I think of all of this as this is me, again, showing my non-medical background. Mm-hmm. I think of all of that as internal medicine because it's inside of yeah. me. But internal medicine is a broad term meaning basically just adult medicine yeah that's really what it's opposed to family medicine which would be adults and children yeah so think of that like the jack of all trades Mm -hmm. you have knowledge a little bit of knowledge about everything that you can use to kind of take care of the family but you know if you need to transfer or ask for a referral you can send them out Mm -hmm. so like greg was trained in family medicine but then he did a specialty in palliative care right so that's a different way too so but in this hospital, there's at least a few specialties. Never really a pediatric person in there. They've never mentioned a pediatrician once. I know they mentioned an OB-GYN because Jordan, Cox's wife, likes him because he's dreamy. And wasn't... Um, uh, there's a urologist, too. Yeah. Which is Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Oh, they, oh yeah, she was a urologist. Yep. I can keep going. I yeah. know way too much about this. Obviously, there's the Todd. The Todd is surgery. Todd is surgery. Who works under... Um, What's his face? Turk. Yeah. Eventually. Yes. Um, and I, I forget whether Hooch and Hooch is a surgeon. Her, Hooch is a surgeon. Hooch is crazy. Yeah. Is was Turner also, or do we not see Turner? Turner, Turner was a partner of his. Yeah. Okay. Hooch is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Hooch is crazy. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. good episode. I think yeah. it does tie into. I think the opening really does tie into what we're going what, through. What today. what any other medical professionals yeah. that are listening to this right now? It sucks. Oh, especially the poor ER doctors who get all your hypochondriacs and stuff like that that show up a lot and get bombarded kind of like this like our numbers this year like we get statistics on how many patients go out come to our er per day it's gone we have not gone down if anything we've gone up and usually around this time of year we'll level off or because kind of kids, because kids are going back to school and well not so much that but like maximum um saturation of flu mm. usually happens to the community right okay like, once you hit a certain point like everyone's sick and everyone knows and they don't kind of go in that much anymore and then should start kind of tapering down we haven't tapered no. if anything we're still going up and the whole department feels it and especially when you have a quarter of the patients coming in thinking that they have something that they don't when they might actually have coronavirus yeah. but the coronavirus is the same coronavirus that it has always that they've been. had for the past 50 years correct who knows how long except for probably not your patients it would be the past 15 yes but that coronavirus Everyone gets confused when they think they hear that yeah. versus the one that's the novel one right now. Now, are you seeing an influx of adult patients trying to come in? Uh, I had a few adult patients show up. Um, usually, they check in with their kids. Okay. So they're like, "I'm already hey, here. Hey, well, I'm here. Yeah, you want to you want to check me out too? Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to check you out. Not at all. No, not at all. That is inappropriate for a doctor to be doing right now. But if you want me to evaluate you, you need to check. In. <laughs> Um, so we'll get, that's usually when we get the three furs or the four furs and stuff like that. And usually when the number of furs increase. When you start getting into, into Costco packs. Oh God. My worst is still seven. It was, obviously they weren't that sick. They all had lice. That was a seven fur. Oh, well, I mean, that'd be obnoxious. That's not, but it's not surprising at all. Not all seven of them had lice. Not an emergency though. Um, that would be my argument. Moving on, yeah. I have an important question. Oh, God. Uh, the human centipede mm-hmm. bills itself as 100% medically accurate. Okay. If that's the case, how medically accurate is Scrubs uh, Season 4, Episode 17, did we say? Yep. Uh, my Life, my in, life four. in Four Cameras. Okay, so it is definitely more accurate. Let's, let's specifically... The the imaginary sitcom side of things. I'm not I'm not even including that because that doesn't yeah. count. That's yeah. imaginary. Right. That that in all intents and purposes doesn't exist because I'm never taking a patient hot air ballooning. Um, not with that attitude. Also, as JD said, it's a wicker basket propelled by fire. <laughs> I am not going anywhere near that. I lived in Albuquerque for three years, never stepped into a hot air balloon <laughs> once, and I still will never. Is do that it. a big thing in Albuquerque, yeah, or is that just how you get around? It's the balloon fiesta. It's the international balloon fiesta. Balloons land in people's backyards. No joke. That actually happens during balloon fiesta. One of my mom's good friends was a hot air balloonist. You mean a pilot? Pilot. Pilot, yeah. Yeah. Hot air balloon pilot. That's what they like to be referred to as. But I will say that this episode is more accurate. I mean, it's probably... What did I say for... House? The house, that one was like 140, I yeah. think, was, was the, you, you and think, Courtney's consensus. I think that's about right. you and Greg's consensus. I think that's still about right. You know, the only weird things are the ER and how they manage patients. Because, A, there's no ER. Mm-hmm. And, B, they take 
you know, the way they triage patients and move them around, that's completely not accurate. But kind of portraying in a very, I guess, exaggerated way of how a hospital gets overrun when there's any kind of media hysteria, that's really, really true. And it's the bane of the existence of the emergency department at times because we are the front lines. So mm-hmm. if any, there's any freak out, the first place to feel the pain is usually the emergency department. Um, and then I think the whole managing when he was apneic, there's things that could be better, obviously. But that's all like medical style points. There, none of yeah. them are, none of them are critic intensivists. Yeah, none of Elliot and JD are definitely not intensivists. They don't work in the ICU and manage patients like that. So they wouldn't know how to do it really clear. Clearly, because they didn't know how to intubate the patient because they were calling for anesthesiology. Uh-huh. But yeah, for the most part, I thought it was pretty good. Um, tangent before we end the episode. Okay. Uh, you said that ERs are going to see the first brunt of things. Mm-hmm. What about urgent care? So urgent care is due too. And funny thing is when uh, my wife and I Laura went to get Shabu earlier today. It's right next to an urgent care. And there's a big sign on the urgent care before you can open the door that says, if you went to China or were exposed to a person from China, do not come into the urgent care. Go directly to the emergency department. Did you take that sign down? I really wanted to. (laughs) But I understand why is if you went to an urgent care and you were potentially exposed you're exposing everyone else in that urgent care. Right. And so, that, and that, that urgent, urgent care is not equipped to deal with. Correct. That urgent care isn't... And it's also a private clinic, so they would have to close for days, possibly, mm-hmm. and they'd lose a lot of business. Yeah. Um, I remember when I used to work in an urgent care, and we had a measles scare, I had to close my department, uh, call everybody in the department and patient at home and tell them, hey, you might have been exposed to measles. I mean, we already do that in the emergency department. Mm-hmm. Like, people should know. But if you came to my ER and you had a, a concern for exposure to Wuhan coronavirus, we'd actually put a mask on you and kick you out, make you stay outside, and then bring you into a room with um, isolation. So those rooms are specifically built so that they suck air in and right. never blow air out. Man, that would be... We, we talked about that, actually, in the house episode. Yeah. Um that would be so freaky. Freaky. I go to the ER and, and they say, no, we think you're too sick. Wait outside. Some people want to wait outside, but we do send people outside and make them put on a mask and wait outside for a little bit or wait in their own car. And then we'll call them when we're mm-hmm. ready and then they can come in. But um, yeah, that's it's so urgent cares. Some of them are not willing to see those patients. I'm not even saying well-equipped to see them. They're not willing to because the risk is too high for yeah. their financial stuff, too. And they might not be able to equip to handle and for And for their doctors and patients because they're not equipped to. I mean, yeah. really, what you need to do is wear a mask and wash your hands. Yeah. Plus, come on. It's not that bad yet. It's, right. People were saying it's the next plague to kill everybody and that it's it's um, the sign of end times and then the other conspiracy theory I saw on Facebook which actually is why I deleted Facebook and all that stuff today was that it was made by the rich oligarchy to kill us in population control and I said that's enough I'm out thanks goodbye all right. goodbye forever uh, so, yeah. as I'm gonna get probably killed by the Illuminati for yeah there goes our, our Illuminati sponsorship oh, God. 
Now I'm a hot, no Casper mattresses from the Illuminati. No. Damn it. No, you're gonna be stuck with that purple mattress. Uh, if I have to, that's fine. Uh, yeah, also, no purple mattress sponsorship. No, no, <laughs> not with that. Not with that attitude. All right. Um, so yeah, uh, with that, if Wuhan does end the world, and you're listening to this in in your secluded bunker, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane is really good and really speaks to what you're going through right now. <laughs> um, if it doesn't end the world, then we'll be back next Tuesday to talk about more about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine. Yep. Thank you right. so much for listening. Thanks, folks.